0: Welcome to the Shift Happens podcast, where we explore the latest trends and insights in the digital workplace. From the role of AI in the workplace to the future of remote work, we cover it all. Tune in as we chat with industry leaders and experts. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just getting started in the digital landscape, we've got you covered. Subscribe to Shift Happens wherever you listen to podcasts and stay ahead of the curve.
1: Shift Happens podcast. (laughs)
0: the new world of work moves fast, and it's constantly shifting. If you don't have the technology to keep up, you could be left in the dust. My guest today is Richard Vine, Global Collaboration Manager at Dyson. You know, Dyson is a design pioneer for its sleek appliances and smart design, so it's no surprise that the company takes a similar approach to work by empowering staff with smart tools and training. I can't wait to hear from Richard about ways to replicate the Dyson approach. Proactive, holistic, and people-focused. Ready to start your digital spring cleaning? Let's dive in. Rich, welcome back. It's been too long. It
1: has. Hi, Ducks. It's really lovely to be here, and it's been a long time. Look, the last two years,
0: I sometimes I think of it like time went by so fast or it was too slow, but we all can agree that it's just changed where we're headed. And one of the cool things with Dyson being a company full of innovation is y'all are an early adopter of Microsoft Teams even before the pandemic. Yeah. So would love to unpack that and learn more about what's the decision-making process like on taking on Microsoft Teams. And fast forward to today, what impact has it made? to Dyson as a whole.
1: Yeah, so it's it's been an interesting journey and we were definitely one of the first companies to really kind of adopt Teams. And as soon as it came out, I was there testing it with myself with my laptop and the iPad. Just having a look at it, really seeing what it does and how it works and trying to look at trying to solve an issue that we had with with Skype with a red X coming up for messages because it was frustrating mm. where users were having to email as well as message. Let's just point this. Teams worked out of the box straight away on Mac, on PC, and we were blown away. We were like, wow, you know, this is going to make a huge difference to the organization. As soon as we started testing it within our department, everyone loved it. And then we started to showcase it around the business. And that's where we ran into a problem, into a good problem. Everyone wanted Mm. it and we couldn't actually deploy it. We didn't have the infrastructure, the foundation that we really needed to do a massive global rollout of teams. So you've got to look at it in in another way that you've got this fantastic problem where everyone wants these tools. But actually, if you give them, they're going to fail. And nobody wants to do that. You want to make sure that they're enabled and they can use it and they can run away. You don't want to say, great, look at this tool and, oh, it doesn't work because we haven't put everything in place. Right. So, Yeah, it's a great problem to have. Fast forward now to where we are, which is foundations are in place, networking's in place, everybody's using Teams. You know, we've got, I think the other day I was told, nearly 19,000 people in Dyson are globally using Teams. It is literally a day-to-day tool that we use all the time. If it went, well, when we've had issues, it's been a P1 issue. Raise it, get it fixed. Come on, we're using this and it's used everywhere. Right. We're upgrading our meeting rooms to Teams meeting rooms. It's everywhere, and, and it's such an amazing tool for us. Without it, we wouldn't be out of work nowadays, I don't think.
0: Look, it, it's, it's such an encouraging and inspiring story because oftentimes we hear about adoption from the opposite side mm-hmm. where nobody wants to use it, <laughs> nobody wants to it, take advantage of it, yeah. whereas you have the opposite problem. And I also love the fact where you talk about everybody's excited, but make sure they have to be successful as well, yeah. right? So my, my analogy to that is imagine you know one day – a brand new manual Ferrari is in front of my house for me to drive. And as I sit on it, I don't know how to drive stick. Yep, (laughs) And then I won't use it, right? It's nice and shiny. I know it's fast. So I want to understand that further because do you think that adoption you have, the excitement people have about tools like Microsoft Teams Mm -hmm. has to do with a culture? Because Dyson, uh, for our listeners, I hope you know who Dyson is. If not, uh, I don't know where you've been the past couple of years, but Dyson is a very tech forward company. It's a very innovative company. So do you think it has to do with the culture? That's why people have this appetite for adopting new technologies?
1: I, I absolutely think that. And 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 we would probably call call ourselves like a tech company nowadays as well, I think. Mm. You know, absolutely, James started off with the vacuum, but we we have so many products. And if you look at the products that we've got, including the hairdryer, the amount of technology yes. and the amount of chips that are in there, that that is constantly evolving, constantly making sure you don't, you know, burn your hair and things like this. And and, and I've got loads of the products. I, I, I love Dyson and I love the products. So I think it's absolutely great. But yes, I think that, you know, that the the culture, the people, You know, we have a very young set of people. We have a lot of, lot of engineers. And in the UK, we actually have our own university. Dyson and now its own university to give engineers an opportunity to grow, to get an education, but also to work with the other engineers in the UK. It's such a fantastic opportunity. I wish I, I could have had that when I was younger. I definitely would have been interested. So the whole culture is all about using technology and they love it. They want to use the latest and greatest because they know it will give them an edge. They want to improve. They want to be more productive. So yeah. So, you know, deploying technology in Dyson is, is great. The challenge is all kind of like that global challenge. How do you make sure that everybody gets on that journey with you? And it's not just about, you know, the UK or even um, Singapore and Malaysia. We have two very, very huge offices there. Also very, very large globally around in the US as well and, and EMEA as well. China is is growing at a phenomenal rate. So again we're we're trying to keep up with with the changes in the technology over there as well.
0: You know, you, you brought up a couple important points, but definitely I have to let you know, it's in my best interest that Dyson continues to grow and succeed because <laughs> I got to <laughs> confess to you, we have four Dyson vacuum cleaners, my wife in in all different shapes and sizes and then my wife has a hair dryer and I was telling her I was talking to you today, she's like Oh, maybe you can ask uh, Rich what new products are coming out. But
1: anyway. <laughs> I could never tell. I could never tell. <laughs> uh,
0: but you brought up a very important point about culture because oftentimes mm-hmm. when you think about technology deployment, especially from an IT side, we always think, oh, it's a no-brainer. It's tech. Like, what's a big deal, right? You know, here's a new tool. Go, go forth and have fun. But I recall my biggest aha moment with culture in tech is this was a long time ago, 10, 15 years ago. I, I live in Washington, D.C. and I was doing a project for the U.S. government uh, for the military. And at that time, <laughs> SharePoint 2010 or 2007, 2010 just came out. And I was doing a briefing to a lot of military leaders and I was showing them new features and I was telling them about Oh, in the, in the document library, there's this thing now where you can rate the content, meaning, you know, one star, yeah. two star, the ideas, you can rate the relevancy of the content. Right. So after my presentation, I was packing and one of the colonels who was escorting me, he said, you know, it's not going to work here. I go, what are you talking about? He's like this whole rating thing. Mm. It's not going to work. I go, but you don't understand. It, it helps search relevancy. He's like, who in their right minds would rate <laughs> a four star general's content one star? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I didn't think about it that way. I'm like, huh, yep. that's right. It doesn't matter if a cool new feature is great,
1: but at the same time, you have to tie it to the culture of the organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, if you look at M365 and you look at the wealth of tools that we've got, it's not everyone in your organization that uses every single one of them. They, they're using them differently. And some more than others. You know, if you've got a finance department that is is working internally all the time, they're sat at their desks and, you know, they're mainly using around Excel. There's no point in going to talk about something that's not relevant to them. So you've got to make the content relevant. Yep. And when you look at um, change management and, and training and culture, you know, when was the last time you actually went and sat for five days in a training? But never, right? Will we ever go back to that? I don't think we will. And when we look at what we're doing most, which is looking at very, very quick, fast video content, if we look at the way that TikTok has exploded globally, before that it was musically. I remember my daughter was on it and now suddenly it's TikTok and it's everywhere. But that's what people are looking at. So we've got to adapt as well to make sure that the way we deliver this content is is to a lot of um, the people that work at your organization. And as I say, our organization, 27 years old and under. So if I sit there and give them a manual of of 15, 20 pages, they're just going to chuck it away. They're not going to engage with that. So how do we make sure we engage with people and look at that technology to make sure that they're using it in the right way, that it's beneficial to them? And it comes back to the age old question, what's in it for me?
0: In the key here, boy, I, I love to really dissect this because there's a couple of things you brought up that's very important. One, I think Microsoft is brilliant with their strategy, Microsoft 365, because like you said, it's not a one size fits all. You know, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we keep forcing people, oh, don't send attachment, do it in SharePoint. Oh, everything has to be in SharePoint. But that's not reality, right? Yeah. Like we, we need to empower people to collaborate the way they work and meet, meet them where they are. Uh, your point about TikTok, you know, I've, I've, I've had this epiphany two, three, two years ago or a year ago before TikTok musically and in, you know, being <laughs> in marketing, like, okay, where do I put my marketing uh, uh, campaigns? LinkedIn, because that's where professionals are and Twitter. Absolutely. But then somebody challenged me. They're like, it's not even about B2B or B2C anymore. We're all humans. It's about business to humans, right? Because I guarantee you, Richard Vine, the global collaboration manager at Dyson, after five o'clock at (laughs) night, he goes home, sits on TikTok with his daughter. But that's the same Richard Vine who's going to show up at work on Monday. So I need to meet you where you are. Do you know? One of the most popular
1: Excel training videos out there are on TikTok. I do. i followed I follow the lady. She she's made it to Forbes magazine. It's a fantastic story, isn't it? how she dances and talks about the content and everyone engages with it. And how long is it? A couple of minutes. But it's really engaging. It's multi-millions of people that are getting access to content. Everyone's a winner in in my eyes with that because it teaches them about new things that happen, shortcuts. And I love that. I think it's a great way to get that content across. It's just us as businesses are we willing to kind of go down that route? And do we take ourselves a bit too seriously sometimes? And, you know, do we think that this is this is good for our organization? Mm-hmm. Personally do. I think it's something that we're looking at. Um, I create videos of introductions when any of my new team members join and we run very, very quick for 30 seconds. It's kind of like a, what do you like, this or this? And this is, you know, cat or dog, um, you know, night or day. And, and just some fun stuff just to kind of make those people feel more human and, and more engaging so they don't think that we're fuddy-duddy IT people because we're just not. We
0: like it or not, we all miss being together, but this is the reality and frankly, the new normal. This whole world of hybrid, while some may still go to the office, but I don't think that every day being the office nine to five world is ever going to come back for a long time, right? So I think these new forms and ways of engaging and learning is critical in in. I'm so excited because we have all these technology. Like, again, I, I hate to keep going back to TikTok, but I feel like TikTok <laughs> is the best video editing tool out there. Like like the things you can produce on TikTok, it'll take forever to do it in Photoshop or Adobe Premiere. Because with all these ready-made, I would call libraries or music or filters, what have you. And, and why not take all those concepts as a part of your change management strategy?
1: Video's huge. I think you can just get so much more over in video than than doing it um, in a Word document or PowerPoint and and things like that, so. Hello,
0: Shift Happens podcast listeners. I have an exciting offer for you. Join us for our in-person Shift Happens conference October 10 to 11 in Washington, D.C. Registration is free. That's right, It's free. And you walk away with actionable strategies from industry leaders and peers to make shift happen in your digital workplace. Visit shifthappens.to to to register today. We'll see you there. What's your stance on this new world of work? Is Dyson a hybrid work setup now, or are you remote? So, what's that like? And then, How have you changed your strategy using tools like Microsoft 365?
1: So I have to make sure that we're all collaboratively working together and Teams does that. It brings us all together. We make sure that we put in Teams meetings at the right time to make sure that it's convenient for everyone um not late not too early we're trying to sort of get that good balance Mm. um and yeah we 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 are um we we're, we're all over the place in terms of sort of like um globally um i'm in the office quite a lot um i've got a gentleman who is in malaysia who hasn't been in the office for two years um so he he's very comfortable where he is he will go back in i think you know we do like to get in the office. We do like to get creative and get next to people. When you come into an office where there's three and a half thousand people who are energized and excited and, and, and really collaborative, it, it is amazing. It's, 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 the only way I can explain it is like being at a concert when you've kind of got that big group and you can feel it like that energy moving through. And that's the way Dyson is. We work very, very well collaboratively remotely, but we also work very, very well when we're together and I think some of the fun stuff I'd really like to do in terms of the collaboration space I want people physically in as well to to do some uh really cool stuff like looking at some of the VR stuff and the and the artificial reality and just playing with some things and getting people to talk mm. and engage and getting people to understand our team as well so so yeah we we have a um a very different sort of setup at the moment. Imagine doing a meeting in the metaverse. I think the headsets remind people of the 3D glasses they weren't too keen on. Yeah. But I was explaining the other day saying, you know, imagine building a room with screens, like physical screens that are really expensive and showing lots and lots of data on there. And we do have these big walls. Or imagine building that in the metaverse where you could just go into that room and see the same data all around that room. And you can just take take your headset on and off if you wanted like an Oculus or or one of the um, other type of headsets you can get, it would be incredible. And and I also think what a great way as well to get people to engage in delivery of new uh, projects and things. That's right. Now, the problem, uh, go back into the, the the physical. So I would love to set up like headsets around the business that so people could go put them on and engage. It's a bit difficult at the moment with that because of COVID and, and because of the, the restrictions. But mm. when hopefully we do get back to normal, which in the UK, we're, we're doing quite well, hopefully we will get back to normal soon. But I would love to do that because I think it's another way to just get people to engage and be excited about technology and go, oh, well, this is a bit different. So I, I look forward to that. Um, I would love to see that be developed more. I think it's exciting with the uh, recent uh, acquisition of Activision that Microsoft had just done. So it's nearly 70 billion. Yes. So that's a that's a, a very exciting thing. What What does that mean for us as a business as well?
0: You know, even in the the industry pundits, when I read articles like, oh, why did Microsoft buy Activision? They're an enterprise company. But we fail to realize that under the hood, they're cross-pollinating technologies. Like, for example… The reason why Microsoft 365 infrastructure was able to scale this fast, a lot of people may not know this, Azure as well, is because when Microsoft jumped on the cloud, guess what? The foundation of their cloud platform was the Xbox online gaming. Yeah, Yeah, that's how they started because Xbox online gaming was already there and they had to figure out how do we optimize connectivity and latency and all that. So, that's the building blocks of Azure and Microsoft 365. Mm. And then we're seeing things too, right? Like LinkedIn, for example. LinkedIn is introducing more multimedia technology like videos and LinkedIn audios. And I won't be surprised. Again, this is, it, it's nothing that I know, but I'm just assuming. I'm sure they're leveraging some of the yeah. voice capability that Teams already uh, implemented. So so I think that's the power of innovation across different business units and frankly, across different lines of business too. So you won't think, oh, gaming, how do we use it in the company, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think we, you know, we can learn a lot from that. And, um, and again, that kind of merging of home technologies and work technologies. And, you know, you wouldn't stand for an app that you downloaded on your home phone that just didn't work straight away. And, you know, that's the kind of approach we're taking in Dyson in terms of when we build power apps. Mm, yeah, You know, build a power up like you shouldn't need an instruction booklet. If you need instructions on how to use it, have you really got it quite right, you know, maybe have a look at how you can make it simple and easy and test it with the users and and really do Mm. quite Mm. fast sort of modeling and building and, and fail fast, you know, build it. Does it work? No. Right. Let's go again. You know, we, our projects, we've um, we've got a really interesting project system that we've built on um, the accelerator. And um, it's using Power Apps, it's using Project for the web, it's using um, Flow and all these technologies. But the fact is, a lot of our projects are three days long mm. because they're very quick, get into the business, understand what they're doing, enable the business, teach them how to use this technology and build small and grow. That's what it's about.
0: And again, it, it goes back again to... You know, I think about TikTok again, right? But a lot of the concepts in yeah. the consumer tech is flowing back into enterprise tech, which is great. Now, if, if I think about all these phenomenal uh, innovations, and more importantly, <laughs> it, it's just exciting. Like the way you're describing it is so infectious, right? Yeah. For our listeners out there, do you think there's a right time for a digital transformation? Because especially those listening, they're like, ah, it's not going to be us. Like you're, you're Dyson, you're, you're a cool tech company. You know, we're we're a government agency or we're a bank. There's no way we could do that. Um, what words of encouragement do you have to really spark that first step for organizations to start the transformation that they need?
1: Wow, that that's a big question, Dux. Um, so if I think of my experience of of why mm. we kind of step forward towards M three six five and and why we're delivering the technology that we're delivering, it really is for our Dyson people everything that my team does and everything that we're focusing on is about trying to increase productivity and is about enablement and if i think about the old way my team used to work so so i used to be the im solutions manager i looked after the sharepoint and uh, project infrastructure and we were an order taking service hey ducks how can i help you let me build a sharepoint site for you i've delivered that sharepoint site but you can't manage mm. it so you've got to come to me all the time to do your right. uh, any changes any additions anything like that now let's move to m365 where it's, hey, ducks, just go to our app. It will deliver your site for you and away you go. So the productivity goes from three weeks in terms of building something to around about three minutes, right? So when you look at that and you're like, well, hold on a minute, if I start to look at using these new technologies, I can see huge productivity gains with very little risk because you're working within that secure M365 bubble. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to say, it's you've got these huge amount of tools, look at them, how they're going to benefit you. And then start to use them. And don't think, oh, well, if I compare this individual tool to this other individual tool, this other individual tool outside of the M6 Drive is better. I'm sorry, the chances are it probably is. But do you know how much overhead there is in terms of setting it up, security, single sign-on, costs, maintenance, people, huge, huge amounts of stuff. Correct. Why cause yourself a problem when actually if you looked at MS Teams or looked at Whiteboard or looked at Power Apps and things like that, actually it does 80% of what you need it to do. And also, you don't have to maintain it. You don't have to upgrade it. And as everyone knows who's ever upgraded a SharePoint server, it's the scariest time ever because you're like, oh, please don't crash. Please work. If you upgraded the project server with SharePoint, it always crashed. It was terrible. So it's terrifying. don't have that issue anymore. I don't have to spend time on, on TID. Yes, yes. I'm spending much more time on enablement. I'm spending more time with happy people. I was discussing this with my boss um the other day we were talking about how most of the meetings that we have are 99 percent positive if not 99.9 percent could i have said that when i was when i was managing sharepoint on-prem categorically no why because when people come to us they know we're about enablement we know we're about saying these are the tools that are going to help you and they're simple and microsoft have got so much learning um and documentation and videos and There's so much out there that you don't need to create all of this material. It will be updated for you. It's available for you. So look at it and think, well, what are we doing now? Mm -hmm. How, How can we improve? If you want your business to flourish and grow, you've got to move towards this space. You've got to make some big decisions. You've got to look at retraining and taking this opportunity. I am now nearly 46 years old. I started off working on access databases for a company called Mitsubishi in the UK. I have gone through so much transformation in terms of IT, and now I'm dealing with collaboration technologies and talking about TikTok <laughs> like my 17-year-old does as well. So you've got to adapt and change they're, they're just the way IT is. And, and it's so much fun. It's really cool, this technology. We we've got like a bus app. Yes. People to book bus tickets to get to work, and you know we we created. Well, actually, I built, and I'm very proud of this. A sandwich app. Sandwich. Which, a sandwich. Yeah, you can. We we never launched it because we actually get free meals now at, at in the UK. But what what it was was you you had it on your mobile phone. You weren't sure what you wanted. Oh okay. And you pressed the random button, and it would randomly say, "Here you go, have this sandwich. Give it a go." <laughs> So Bologna or salami. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was terrible, honestly. It mixed loads of stuff up, especially. But it was good fun, and that was part of it. And it was like, <laughs> well, how can I use that? And how can I, you know, that's a randomized thing. Well, I could use that somewhere else. So get involved, look at the tech, see how it's going to benefit you, and then come up with a good plan. And speak to people. Get into the community. Get good partners. Get good people that will help you. You don't have to go on this journey on your own. There's lots of people around that can support you and help you with this. Boy. I mean, talk about shift
0: happens, right? (laughs) And Richard just dropped a lot of golden nuggets. But I want to highlight two key things here. Number one, we got to get ourselves out of our head that IT is in the back office and just twiddling our thumbs and waiting for people to come and ask for stuff. This is an exciting time because we're now business partners. And the beauty of that is the, the experience we're providing is, look, I'm here with you business. We'll figure this out. And as IT, I'm not spending my time on Patch Tuesdays, which I'm sure Richard doesn't miss. I don't miss Patch Tuesdays. So we're in the forefront of it, but that requires us to change our mindset, right? We're there ideating, solutioning. Oh, this doesn't work. Let's pivot. Let's try this. There's no such thing as three-year release cycles now. Oh, uh, upgrade is done. We're going to wait for the next three years. So I think that's a critical mind shift change, and that's really exciting. I think the second big shift too is you nailed it because in enterprise IT, we always, and in fact, it's still a challenge with how IT is set up today, right? Yeah. You own collaboration, Richard. Uh, Ducks owns messaging. This other person owns security. And it's important you have specialized skill set, but what's missing, and I see this in a lot of IT organization, is that core group of people looking at holistically. In Microsoft 365, for example, a lot of it is intertwined. So I see organizations where decisions around Microsoft 365 groups are on the hands of the security people because they handle Azure AD. I mean, that's okay, but the challenge is they may not have an understanding around what happens when you create groups that it creates a bunch of different apps, right? So I think there needs to be that holistic core group that clearly understand how the inner workings of these technology interact and then at the same time make a decision and have key experts in those areas, be it Teams, be it Azure, be it Power Apps to help support uh, that uh, those initiatives. So, very, very cool. <laughs> now, I can keep uh, going on with you, Rich, but before we wrap up, what's the la- last advice you can offer to our listeners as we move forward in this new world of work? And uh, how can they really maximize the investments they have to
1: enable their workforce? So, what I would say is, I would say enable your workforce. Don't turn off a lot of this capability especially around the power platform. That's awesome.
0: Love it. Love it. So in short, don't be a know-it-all, be a learn-it-all. So with that, thank you so much, buddy. And thank you everyone for tuning in another episode of Shift Happens. Until the next time, take care, be safe, and have a fantastic February.
1: Shift Happens Podcast.
0: Thanks for listening. As Richard said, when you meet people where they are and cater solutions to their needs, adoption can be a clean sweep. While there's no one size fits all solution and your technology might change over time, there are great strategies to save you time and money while enabling productivity. And if you like today's podcast, please leave a review for the Shift Happens Podcast on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen. We'll see you next time. Shift Happens Podcast. Shift Happens Podcast is a production of AdPoint Inc. Produced and edited by the AdPoint brand team. Stay up to date on the latest trends in digital workplace transformation by visiting adpoint.com.